Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Embodied Nourishment Podcast. I am just going to jump right in today. I'm going to skip my long introduction. If you want to hear my long introduction, go look at the the previous episode where I do it on there. But um, yeah, I, I just feel like jumping right in today. So I'm going to skip that. Today, I want to just talk about this concept of what it means to feel comfortable in your body. I know that when we have a change in our body, namely like if we gain weight um, or weight goes to places that we're not normally used to, we'll sit there and we'll say, I just want to lose weight because I'm so uncomfortable. I just want to feel comfortable again. Now, There is so much to be said about what's underneath the, this word comfortable and the concept of comfortable and why you feel uncomfortable with weight on your body, weight gain, whatever. Um, and I'm going to try on this episode to touch on all of the points as best I can. Full transparency, I actually recorded this podcast the other day, and I don't like how it turned out, so I'm re-recording it right now. I got like way too aggressive and a little bit cold on the first recording because I was getting frustrated. Not at not at like you, like I wasn't getting frustrated at, at you, but like the politics of it. It just, just the whole, um, yeah, like the politics of it. I get so frustrated and maybe that's a good way to start this out by like kind of putting this out there so that if I do start to get aggressive again or frustrated, know that it's not like you that I'm screaming at, but like the politics of the world and our culture, you know, the, the beauty standards, um, that are imposed upon us from the minute we are born are just so unrealistic and so just not real. I mean, listen, did you know that 2% of the population is a size 2 or smaller? 2%, 2% of the population is a size 2 or smaller. And yet 98% of the bodies that are portrayed in our media are a size 2. So, you know, the, the and media, meaning like TV shows, movies, magazines, anything you see, like social media, like anything, models, anything you see in any media format, 98% of body representation is a size two when only 2% of the population actually looks like that. So our, I mean, talk about body dysmorphia the way that bodies are presented to us are so um, dysmorphic to begin with, right? It's like, it's not, what we constantly see over and over and over again is not an accurate representation of what's actually real. If you like put your phone down and you go on vacation or you just go out, go out into the world, right? Like go to a restaurant, go to the movies, just go, go to the mall and look around. Most bodies are like a size 16. That's actually the average size is a size 16. So maybe that's a good way to to kind of start this podcast, which is maybe what I didn't do on the last episode, but to kind of paint the picture that this isn't a mistake. Like media, uh, the, the, um, uh, like the diet industrial complex, the media, the media is part of the diet industrial complex. That's that's what I want to say. And it's political. I mean, it, it is very, very political. 
Because when you think about it, if you create a culture where people are focusing their entire life, like 90% of their mental space and their mental energy on how to become a size two or how to make their body smaller or how to just lose weight, then they're not thinking about politics, right? Or like, I mean, forget the word politics even, but they're not, they're not focusing on like improving the world or taking over corrupt governments or, you know, doing things that are really actually meaningful for the world and for the planet and for other people. It's, it it creates a culture of self-obsession and there really, there is like a narcissism to it. And I'm not like calling the people who are listening to this podcast or people who have eating disorders or people who have body dysmorphia, narcissists, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying that the culture of it, the politics of it creates this, this, um, this culture, the the culture of such highly, highly self-individualism and self-obsession. And there is a narcissistic quality to it where we're just so obsessed with the weight on our arms, our stomachs, our legs, the the number on the scale, that when we are just pushed and conditioned to focus on that and only that, just this, this obsession with ourselves and our bodies and what we look like, then we're not taking over the world. We're not fighting for equal rights. We're not fighting for social justice. We're too busy like counting our calories. So it is political. It's very political. Um, okay. So that's that. Let's move on to how to become comfortable in your body with all of that being said. And maybe that was all really a good way to kind of lay this out and start the episode to keep that in the back of your mind as we work through the discomfort. Know that the discomfort is not your fault. It is a product again of the culture that you were born into the messages that you were inundated with since the moment you popped out of the womb. So of course, you know, if you gain weight or, you know, you see that your body is not um, what like the quote unquote worthy conventional beauty standard looks like, it can definitely trigger a psychological discomfort for sure. Um, There could, okay, so there's definitely the psychological discomfort. I also want to speak to those of you who like maybe have gained a significant amount of weight for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. Um, and, and let's say you do have like new issues with mobility. Like, I don't know, sometimes I hear people say, um, you know, I gain so much weight around my stomach that it's like, I have a hard time bending over to tie my shoes and I just feel my stomach on my legs and it's just so uncomfortable. Or I have all this new weight on my body and walking up the stairs, I feel winded and it's just so uncomfortable. And so there is, there could be this, these new physical sensations that provide discomfort. There's also the psychological discomfort of knowing that your body is not up to the, the conventional beauty standards, etc. Okay, so let's speak to all of it. Now, I want you to hold that discomfort that you're thinking about, the discomfort that you feel in your body. And I want you for just a moment to take it and, and picture yourself putting it on a shelf for just a moment. We're going to go back to it in like, two minutes, but I want to first bring you into a story to kind of set the stage for for this episode. So what I want you to, what I want you to think about with, again, with the body 
and weight and food stuff on the shelf. I want you to think about a time in your life where you were going through a new situation. It could be whatever. A a new situation where you felt really uncomfortable. But then in time, you learned how to be comfortable. Now, I'll give you an example. Um, I had a client one time and I was doing this exercise with her. And the example that she gave me was that when she was younger, she moved locations like in the middle of a school year. So I think her family was like in the military or something. So she, they moved to a different state, new school district, knew everything. And she was very young, like 11 years old, which is a really hard time to move. But anyway, I asked her, um, okay, you know, makes total sense. You moved to a new area, new school district. You were very uncomfortable. I asked her, how long did it take you to become comfortable in that new town? And she thought about it and she said, oh, you know, probably like six months to a year around there, which makes sense, right? You settle in, you get to know the area, you make friends. What was once uncomfortable is now what feels like home and now is comfortable. Now, here's the thing. In that situation, for example, the reason why she was able to eventually learn how to be comfortable with her new surroundings was because there was no, and here, I'm just going to give you the answer, right? These are going to be the key words. There was no shame and there was no judgment about the situation. Shame and judgment. Those are the two key words of this podcast, okay? So in other words, she moved to this new town. She was very upset. She felt uncomfortable. But in her mind, it made sense that she was uncomfortable. Everything about it made sense. So because it made sense, she wasn't shaming herself for living in a new area. She wasn't judging herself for being in a new school. She wasn't shaming or judging herself for feeling the discomfort. And she wasn't beating herself up about it and trying to force herself to change things around so that she could be comfortable. She acknowledged, okay, I'm in a different situation. I'm really nervous, which makes sense because I'm in a new situation. I'm going to be patient and kind and just see it through. And then because of that, there was a clear pathway forward for her to eventually learn how to become comfortable. Now, if you haven't thought about a scenario in your life where... Um, you were originally uncomfortable with something and then you learned how to do it. I want you to like maybe even pause right now and think about it and just really do that exercise. Just really think of a time where you were uncomfortable and then you became comfortable. Maybe it was a new job setting. Maybe you had a new baby. Maybe anything. It could be anything. But just pick something where you were once uncomfortable and then over time you became comfortable and think about that pathway. Okay, now, if you're still here or you unpaused and you're back, now what I want you to do is I want you to take that, the body image, the body discomfort that we put on the shelf a few minutes ago, and I want you to take it off the shelf and put it back into your focus. Do you think it's possible that if we remove the shame and the judgment that comes with body body image, what we think about our bodies, how we compare to unrealistic 
conventional beauty standards. If, if we can just, I know like I can't snap my finger and make all of that go away for you, but just, 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 um, entertain me. Okay. Hypothetically, let's say that we could just get rid of all of that for just a moment. And there was no shame and there was no judgment about the body that you're in. Can we look at this as just something else without shame and without judgment that we just have to get used to? Can we think about the idea of just learning or or thinking about learning how to become comfortable in the body that you're in? Now, I already know what you're thinking. (laughs) I know a lot of you, if not all of you listening to this are thinking, oh my God, if I learn how to become comfortable in this body, then I'm just going to spiral out of control and gain even more weight. Raise your hand if that's what you're thinking. Okay, I'm going to speak to you. There's other, there's other things I'm going to speak to as well, but let's start there. Okay, this fear of if I accept myself, if I learn how to be comfortable with where I'm at without shame and without judgment, then, oh, by golly, all of my food rules are just going to go out the window and I'm just going to eat and eat and eat and I'm just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and and know this, this insistence on beating myself up and judging myself and shaming myself and my insistence on being uncomfortable is protecting me from gaining any more weight. That's what you're thinking, right? I know. I know that's exactly what you're thinking. And if you've, if you've been listening to me f- for a while, you can see where I'm already going with this. It's not protecting you. I mean, has it ever protected you? I mean, think about your long history of dieting, your long history of body image um, dysmorphia, your long history of, of hating your body and trying all these different diets or whatever. It has the shame and the judgment and the insistence on just being uncomfortable and not letting yourself live your life, etc., until you lose a certain amount of weight, become a certain body size. Has any of that taught you how to become comfortable? No, of course not. Um, so, there's, all right, there, there's two things here. I'm going to try to pick them apart. So the shame and judgment piece is, number one, getting in your way. Okay, um, I have another podcast episode called Shame is Not an Effective Motivator for Behavior Change. I forget what number it is. I think it's maybe number five. I'm not sure. But if you can listen to that one, this one ties in. That one ties really nicely into this one because it reinforces how the, 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 um, like the self-shame, the self-judgment, how that doesn't actually help you achieve the things that you want to achieve. In fact, it actually just keeps you stuck in a cycle of self-destruction and abuse. Um, and I know you're, you're afraid, right? You're afraid like, okay, well, if I'm kind to myself and I'm compassionate and I tell myself, oh, it's okay to be this size or it's okay that I gained weight and I'm going to learn how to be comfortable with it. You're afraid that like all of your health goals are just going to go out the window and you're going to eat and eat and eat and just get bigger and bigger and bigger and you're going to lose all control over your body. So I'm going to speak very like bluntly to that right there. Number one, that's a very common fear. Like you're not alone. That's, I, I think I, I've had that conversation with hundreds of people at this point. That is what everybody is afraid of. So like you're not alone in fearing that. I mean, every day I get on calls with new clients 
um, people in my DMs and they're like, my biggest fear is gaining weight. My biggest fear is, you know, just becoming so obese that I can't move anymore. And while it's valid and it's normal and very common, it's also slightly irrational um, because there's a lot that goes into that. And, and all of the psychological tropes that are like from here to that point, we can talk to them. That, that's all psychological, right? You're not this like, you know, I, like your body is not, your body, okay, your body does not want to just be like so, like naturally does not want to be just so out of control that you just gain weight forever and ever and ever endlessly to the point like where you can't move anymore. That's not what your body actually wants. And for a lot of people who are struggling in that way, remember, they, they have eating disorders, right? Like this is, that's an eating disorder, Uh, notwithstanding like medical complications, because there absolutely are medical complications um, where people gain weight and lose mobility. And if, if that is, if that is you, and that is something that you're struggling with, then the conversations about grieving is more of an appropriate topic for you. Um, I'm not going to go into grieving on this episode because grieving is, uh, I could do another episode on it actually, because that is a whole nother topic. And maybe there is a little bit of grieving that some of you do have to do. Like uh, maybe you have to grieve those size two clothes, you know, grieving is a good word to think about sometimes, but for all intents and purposes of moving through the concept of discomfort, I want to just say that these fears that you have that like, if you learn how to be comfortable, you're going to become like the just never ending gaining weight. It is irrational, it's irrational to think that, okay? Fo- come back into focus now. When, when I say that you can learn how to be comfortable in your body, that does not equal throwing out your health goals. And if in your mind, if I say, okay, we're going to learn how to be comfortable in your body, we're going to get rid of the shame and the judgment, and we're going to learn how to be comfortable with where we are right now. If your brain automatically goes to, well, shit, I'm just going to excessively eat nonstop, then there's, there's, we got to go a little bit deeper there because there's something going on there. If that's your first thought that if you learn how to be comfortable, you're going to lose all control, then in my mind, I automatically think that you're restricting. You have too many food rules. You're not letting yourself eat. Or beyond not letting yourself eat, you're not properly nourished. What does it mean to be properly nourished? You're eating three to five times a day, enough protein, enough carbs, enough fat, enough calories. You're not eating in a humongous calorie deficit or calorie deficit at all for that matter. If you were actually being properly nourished, your brain would not automatically go to, oh my God, if I learn how to be comfortable, I'm just going to eat and eat and eat and gain weight. That is the response of somebody who is not nourished. Okay. Now I know what you're thinking. Well, I'm not nourishing myself because I'm so uncomfortable because I want to lose weight. Well, guess what? You not nourishing yourself properly is doing either one of two things or both things. One It's either keeping you in the cycle of binging and restricting because you're restricting your calories too hard. You're not properly nourished. And then you're going through episodes of saying, fuck it. And you're gaining and you're eating 
excessively because you go into that all or nothing mindset and then you eat and eat and eat and then you feel guilty and then you restrict again and then the restriction is unsustainable and then again you go into the binge and the right all of that over and over and over again guess what that causes you to gain weight isn't that ironic (laughs) these efforts that you're taking to try to become quote-unquote more comfortable is are actually the behaviors that are leading you to continuously gain the weight that you say that you're so uncomfortable with Hmm, funny how that works. Funny how it's like, you know, this, this like the law of attraction. Oh, don't you love the law of attraction? It says the things that we think about the most and that we fear the most are the things that we attract. Isn't it funny how like the fear of gaining weight leads you to behaviors that make you gain weight? You know, and I mean, that's okay. <laughs> See, I'm going to not get aggressive. Melissa, focus, focus on comfort. Okay. Um, that's one thing. The other thing that that thought that that the malnourishment, the not eating enough, could be doing, like like let's say you're not somebody who uh, binges and restricts, like because the, the, there are some people who can maintain restriction without the the binging in between. If you are somebody who is chronically restricting and you continue to gain weight continuously, nonstop, and you're sitting there saying, "Yeah, Melissa, but I don't binge." I've just been trying to eat like 1,400, 1,500 calories my whole life and I just keep gaining weight. So like I'm not overeating. I don't know where this weight is coming from. Okay, well, guess what? I'm going to respond to to you, you guys now, okay? Our bodies are not meant to be on such severe calorie restrictions for long periods of time, let alone at all. When you are restricting your calorie intake for such long periods of time, guess what? Your body is going to adapt. Malnourishment is physiological trauma. We talk a lot about childhood trauma, mental trauma, sexual trauma, emotional trauma, all of these things that we have to heal from like mentally and emotionally. Guess what? Malnourishment is traumatizing to the physical body your physiology we talk about ptsd or ctpsd with regards to uh, mental and emotional abuse guess what there's also physiological ptsd if you are somebody who's sitting there who has maybe been eating 14 15 1600 calories for years and years and years and guess what your thyroid function is tanked are you taking Synthroid, right? Because maybe you shot your thyroid to hell. Um, uh, are your hormones imbalanced, insulin resistance, high cholesterol? Um, everybody thinks high cholesterol is just a matter of overeating. No, high cholesterol can come from malnourishment as well because when you're not nourishing yourself enough, it interferes with cholesterol metabolism and your body's ability to excrete cholesterol. So a lot of times with malnourishment, a lot of people actually experience high cholesterol. Unfortunately, those same people go to Western medicine doctors who tell them to just eat less and move more, right? Eat less, move more, lower your cholesterol. For, for some people, that's true. For a lot of other people, that is the complete opposite wrong advice. For a lot of people with a long history of restrictive disordered eating, the intervention for high cholesterol is to eat foods that are higher in cholesterol and to eat more calories and more fat because what needs to happen is the cholesterol metabolism needs to pick back up the oh, how far into the 
uh, the the physiological physiological science do I want to go into this the the your HDL needs to go and pick up the excess LDL cholesterol that's going through your bloodstream bring it back to the liver so that the liver can excrete it through the bile this is how we excrete cholesterol if you are not eating enough the HDL and your liver are unable to do this process so cholesterol builds up in the bloodstream and then you get a high cholesterol reading on your blood test okay let's go back sorry i got off on, i got off on a tangent um my, but my point being is that malnourishment is a physiological trauma to the body and a slowed metabolism and chronic weight gain and decreased thyroid function. Maybe you lost your menstrual cycle, et cetera, et cetera. All the hair falling out, insomnia, all these things. These are post-traumatic stress responses to malnutrition. Okay. Um, let's go back to the topic, comfort in the body, (laughs) comfort in the body. So this insistence that you have on, oh, I cannot learn how to be comfortable in this body because if I do, I'm just going to eat and eat and eat and eat. I want you to know that it is actually your resistance to learning how to be comfortable with where you are at and your resistance to being kind with yourself can actually be the very thing that is causing you to continuously gain weight. Okay, again, go back to my episode on shame is not an effective motivator for behavior change. Nobody shamed or judged themselves into healthier habits. Aside from all of that, Right. Aside from the fact um, that shame doesn't work, not notwithstanding how that's keeping you stuck in a cycle of potentially disordered eating and and chronic weight gain. Notwithstanding that, I, I kind of just want to come off of that for a minute and just refocus the attention to the fact that it doesn't even it doesn't even matter. Like <laughs> like it doesn't even matter that you gained weight. It doesn't matter how you gained weight. I don't care how you gained weight. I don't care even like in the deepest parts of your mind, you believe that the way that you gained weight was in like the most shameful way ever. It doesn't matter. You still deserve to feel comfortable where you're at or as comfortable as you can be. You know, like the goal here is not to be like 100% comfortable all of the time, but the goal is to start being a little bit kinder to yourself right? Um, I don't care what size you are. I don't care how you got to that size. Everybody deserves to feel comfortable. You know, if you, I don't know, think of like your child or your best friend or your lover and they were walking around and they were like, I'm just, I'm so uncomfortable. I hate myself and, and I'm not going to let myself be okay with where I'm at or learn how to be comfortable and learn how to settle into where I'm at until I lose X amount of pounds. You would look at them and be like, oh my God, that is heartbreaking. This is so sad. Like you deserve to be comfortable where you are right now. How can I help you? Right. And like, I know maybe a lot of you are like, you're so beautiful or you're like, you're not fat. Don't worry. And like all of these things of like reassurance that we think are going to help people, but it doesn't help because it has nothing to even do with that. It's so much deeper on such as like a a psychological level. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I just kind of want to say like, like with anything else, like you don't deserve to 
beat yourself up or to be beaten up over the fact that like your body changed, who cares? All right, your body changed. So what? It happens. Maybe you went through a stressful time and you were stress eating and you gained a whole bunch of weight. Who fucking cares? Life happens. You don't have to beat yourself up over it. You don't have to be so mean to yourself. What? Ever. Maybe you went to college and you were drinking and eating a lot late at night. You gained 20 pounds in your freshman year. Who cares? So what? Like, who fucking cares? And this is where I get this is where I get frustrated. And this is where I start to get aggressive. And this is why I'm deleting the other recording that I did because I got too aggressive. Um, this is where it kind of goes back to the politics, right? Like we are inundated from birth to think or feel certain ways about what our bodies do and what it means about ourselves. And it's a political suppressant, namely for women. I know like 99% of the people listening to my podcast are women. I know there's a few men. God bless you for <laughs> sticking around and, and doing the translations to, to from female to male all by yourself. Um, but, you know, especially for women, it's a political tool. It's a political tool and it goes into, you know, human rights, women's rights, all the things. How, hold on, I need a sip of my coffee. Okay, I don't know if that's going to fire me up more or calm me down, but, you know, it, think about it. It's a political tool. Instead of taking over the world, getting into government, fighting for rights, you are sitting here crying over the fact that, you got divorced and through your divorce, you were stress eating and you gained 50 pounds or whatever the story is. You know, I don't mean to say it so like um, nonchalantly like that because that is a very serious situation, <laughs> a big life change, but you don't need the shame and judgment of what your body did on top of it. So what? You gained weight. Who fucking cares? Bodies change. Life happens. It's okay. We can be nice to ourselves about, about it. Being nice to yourself is going to be the thing that actually connects you to your body and, and make it so that you can listen to what it actually needs. Everybody thinks, everybody has this wrong idea that if they are nice to themselves, if they're compassionate with themselves, if they're not punishing themselves endlessly with shame and judgment, that they're just going to spiral out of control. They're going to stuff themselves sick with cookies and McDonald's every single night. And this irrational fear of just growing and growing and growing is just never going to end. And the, the thing that actually truly happens when you start being nice to yourself and you start valuing yourself and your body over what everybody else thinks it should be and thinks it should look like, what actually happens is that you get in touch with your body and what it actually wants and what it actually needs. And I always say, you know, like to be honest, your body doesn't want McDonald's seven days a week. Your body doesn't want nutrition-related health complications from overeating. Your body actually doesn't want those things. And if your first initial gut response to me saying, be nice to yourself, learn how to be comfortable, listen to your body, honor your cravings, et cetera, et cetera, all the intuitive eating things. If your initial gut fear is, oh my God, then I'm just going to eat forever and become so unhealthy, that again, that's a fear that is rooted in, in somebody who is malnourished, who's not eating enough consistently, but also in the fear, that's also the fear of somebody who's not in touch with their bodies at all. Because your body, your body doesn't want that. I mean, I'm trying to think of like, 
like an equivalent analogy, like, like, okay, let's say your bladder is really full. Okay, here, here we go. This is it. Let's say your bladder is really full and you really feel like you have to pee. Do you ever sit there afraid that like there's going to be a day that you just never let yourself pee? Are you like, oh my God, like I must be near a bathroom at all times or I, I must, I have to, or not, not that I need to be near a bathroom at all times, but do you say like, oh my goodness, I need to think about toilets all day because if I don't think about toilets all day, then my bladder is just going to continue to get full and I'm not going to relieve myself and my bladder is going to burst and I'm going to die. Like, honestly, that's what you sound like when, when you're like, oh my God, but if I let go of my food rules and I am nice to myself and I become comfortable, then I'm just going to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and I'm going to die because I ate so much, right? That's what you sound like. That's, I mean, that's what it sounds like, really. It does. Um, it, that's what it sounds like to people who are truly nourished, right? Like if, if it's like you being like, oh my God, I need to keep my mind on toilets all day because if I don't, my bladder is just going to explode because I'm never going to pee if I'm not always obsessing over toilet bowls. I need to research toilet bowls all day or else my bladder is going to keep getting bigger and it's going to burst. Is that protecting you from just going to the fucking bathroom? <laughs> no, you don't even think about toilet bowls. Maybe now you are because I just said it so much, but you never think about toilet bowls. Never until you need to use it. Right? You're sitting on the couch watching TV like, oh, I have to pee. Well, you go pee. And then it's done. That's it. It's over. The same thing, the, the same relationship with like food and cravings and appetite, it could be not, not totally like that. <laughs> I mean, it's different. But it could be that easy. It could be that simple, that swift when you take out all the shame and all the judgment. Um, okay. That, okay, this this episode was a lot better than the one I recorded the other the other the other day I was getting mad. <laughs> I was like, why are you people just thinking about stuffing yourselves? Why are you talking about destroying yourself? That's not what you want to do. I'm like, all right, this is just I'm just getting mad and this is not helping anybody. Um, but okay, anyway, so now I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on one more point before I hang this up. Um I want to talk to the people who are sitting there saying like, okay, Melissa, like I get what you're saying. This makes sense. Um, but like, but like you're, you're sitting there and you're like, I just really need to lose weight though. Like I just really need to lose weight. Now I, I'm not going to harp on like the unconventional beauty standards and the politics of it all. And maybe like your internalized fat phobia or whether or not losing weight for you is right or wrong. I don't know. You know, it's your body. Maybe you do have to lose weight. I'm not here to tell you whether or not you need to do that. So I'm going to extend an olive branch and speak directly to the people who are sitting there saying, but listen, Melissa, I, I understand, but I, I have to lose weight. Like I, I just have to. And I just cannot conceptualize being nice to myself and learning how to feel comfortable in this body when I need to lose weight so desperately. And I'm going to extend my olive branch and just speak to you directly, okay? Let's say it's true, okay? Let's say you do have to lose a significant amount of weight and everything about it is just so uncomfortable. It's okay. It's okay. When I say you 
deserve to feel comfortable with where you're at, regardless of how you got there. You deserve to be kind to yourself without shame or judgment wherever you are. Even if you do need to lose a lot of weight and you are so uncomfortable with where you're at, me saying that you can learn how to be comfortable is not me saying to throw out your goals. I'm not, it's not the same thing that it's not an equal sign. It's not an equal sign. Um, You know, me, me encouraging you to learn how to be comfortable and to get rid of the shame and the judgment out of your mind is not me saying like, you know, fuck your health goals. That's not what I'm saying at all. You can still have your goals. You can still want to change your body. You can still, you know, I, I don't know, you can have your goals of like maybe lowering your blood sugar or lowering lowering your cholesterol or wanting to exercise more or lose some weight or, you know, whatever. Those, those can still be like goals that you have or intentions. I like the word intention better than goals because goals, it's like, it, it creates this feeling of like either you reach it and you're a success or you don't reach it and you're not a success and that's kind of rooted in shame as well. But like if you have this intention to be healthier, this intention to lose weight, that's fine. You can keep those, but you can still be nice to yourself now and you can learn how to be comfortable with where you are at now. And again, going back a little bit, right, to what I was saying before, if that is triggering this response in you, like, oh my God, but if I'm comfortable, then I'm just going to keep gaining weight, then I'm just going to say very bluntly, then you're probably not eating right. You're probably not eating enough, Maybe you've, you've been not eating enough for a long time or maybe you're in like a chronic binge restrict cycle, which is not eating enough in so far as like the restrictive parts of that cycle. And that's what needs to be addressed for you. Um, but yeah, like you don't have to be mean to yourself throughout that process. I will say this for, for those of you who are like, like, what are you talking about? Like I have to eat 15, 1600 calories a day or else I'm going to gain weight. No, actually you need to eat more. No grown functioning adult should be operating on that low of calories at all. Um, I actually have two clients right now who um, they are in the category of like having had gained a lot of weight, like a significant amount of weight and, and they want to lose the weight and they in their mind, they have to lose the weight. Um, they want to lose the weight. And I am helping support them on that journey in a very gentle, non-judgmental way. And can I tell you what I did with these two clients? Um, I, <laughs> I nearly doubled their food intake. I know, right? It's not what you think about when you think about working with a dietitian for weight loss, right? I have doubled, doubled, doubled. I'm going to say it again because it's fascinating. Doubled their food intake. One client, her weight did not change at all, which to me says that that was the exact right intervention, that I fucking doubled her food intake and her weight did not change. To me, that is the first sign of healing the post-traumatic stress that comes from metabolic dysfunction, that comes from chronically undereating, And I am confident that mm, not probably within like the next six months or so, so I, I, it's hard to say. Everybody's physiology is different, but I doubled her food intake. She's been eating double for the last two months and she hasn't gained any weight. I am confident that the trajectory of her weight is going to start going down 
because her metabolism is healing. I have another, okay, so that's one person. I have another client who we started with not too long ago. Her too doubled her food intake. She sent me a message. She lost five pounds. Five pounds. I doubled her food intake. She lost five pounds. That is the sign of healing metabolic dysfunction. And I know you are surrounded by messages that say, oh, you need to lose weight. Cut your calories. Cut your calories. Cut your calories. Listen, first of all, nobody should be cutting their calories that hard ever, let alone should you be cutting your calories like that over and over and over again, many cycle, throughout many cycles at different points of your lifetime, nor should you be eating in such a calorie deficit for a long period of time, let alone ever at all, ever. This is not, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. But if that is your story and you feel like you're stuck and you can't like get above, you know, 15, 16, 17, 1800 calories. And if you eat even one calorie above that, you're going to gain weight. Um, you need to eat more. And I'll say this too, for some people, I mean, those are two examples. I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, everybody who doubles their food intake is going to lose weight. No, for a lot of you, you might have to start eating more. And when you do, you might gain a little bit of weight. Um, and for a lot of you, that is really necessary. I, again, I can't like diagnose everybody who's listening to this. I don't know. Everybody's coming into this for from different places. Um, but for some people, they need to gain weight first and then they lose weight after their body heals. Uh, some people, some of you just need to gain weight, honestly. Like some of you are not overweight <laughs> at all. And some of you are like very mean girls. Like I just want to lose three pounds. And like to you, like to you people, I'm going to be very blunt. Some of you just need to gain weight and you just need to eat some carbs and just like, you know, put 10, 15 pounds on, make your body happy and learn how to deal with that and be comfortable with that and move on with your life. If you're not there yet, I get it. I I understand. I'm not like trying to be mean. See, I get like mean. I feel like I get mean and aggressive sometimes. Okay. Breathe, Melissa. But okay. Some of you just like need to gain weight and stop being like mean girls. Like, I just want to lose three pounds. Like the, the whole attitude of like, I just want to lose three pounds is killing you. <laughs> it's killing you. It's holding you back. It, like, like you are the victims and the products of the political suppressant of diet culture and uncom- unconventional, unrealistic beauty or conventional, unrealistic beauty standards and what it does to women and our suppression. Go Eat some pizza, get some energy, and go to Congress and like fight for equal rights. You know, like get some energy in you to go make changes for other people and yourself and for that matter. But like, you know, let's get out of like the individualism of the, oh my God, like I have a little bit more fat on my stomach than I would like there to be. And why don't we like, I don't know, fight for maternal fetal rights or I don't know, equal pay or, you know, something like that matters. Something that really matters. Okay, I'm going to stop there because I'm getting snippy now. But anyway, I hope that this episode helps you to start learning how to be a little bit more kinder and compassionate to yourself. Um, If you don't do so already, you can follow me on Instagram at embodied.nourishment. And if you are interested in working with me one-on-one, I will leave the link down below in the show notes. All right, thanks again for listening. I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.